0: Hello all of you beautiful people, Jules here for WhatCulture.com. And when it comes to wrestling, there is one thing that all tag teams must abide by, and that is that they must both be heel or both be face, right? Well, sometimes you get a weird dynamic where one is the good guy and one is most definitely the bad one. So let's take a look at them as I'm Jules, this is WhatCulture.com, and these are the best good guy, bad guy tag teams. Number 10. Raven and Tommy Dreamer. Now, for ECW fans, seeing Raven come to the aid of Tommy Dreamer was like seeing hell itself freeze over. Two of the greatest rivals in ECW, Raven and Dreamer hated each other's guts throughout the lifespan of Paul Heyman's Land of Extreme. Well, that was until Raven made his shocking return to ECW on the 26th of August 1999 to save Dreamer from a beating at the hands of the departing Dudley boys. This took place at the company's last show at the Madhouse event, where the Dudleys surprised everyone by winning the ECW tag team titles and declaring how they would personally hand them over to Vince McMahon. Resurfacing after the main event, Bubba Ray and Devon berated ECW before singling out Tommy Dreamer. With an impromptu match of Dreamer versus the Dudleys for the ECW tag titles, the innovator of violence seemed destined to get brutalized until his old foe Raven made his shock return and helped Tommy win the ECW Tag Team Championships. Prior to this, Raven had worked as a heel in WCW, where his dark past was revealed to have been nothing but a ruse. In terms of the last time he'd be seen in ECW, that was a Loser Leaves Town match against, you guessed it, Tommy Dreamer. Number 9. Ricky Steamboat and Lord Steven Regal The Battle Bowl idea received its own November 1993 pay-per-view after being a featured part of Starcade 91 and 92. This admittedly novel concept featured a lethal lottery that picked tag-team partners at random. From there, these teams would be paired off in brackets with each winning team put through to the Battle Bowl Battle Royale, where it became every man for himself. Whenever Battle Bowl was dusted off, it naturally led to a multitude of odd-couple Pairings between heels and baby faces. Starcade 91 served us up Dustin Rhodes and Richard Morton. Tom Zenk and Terrence Taylor, Sting and Abdullah the Butcher, and Rick Steiner and the Night Stalker. As for the mishmash that was Starcade '92, that was so bad that it got Bill Watts fired. Still, 1993 saw one more outing for Battle Bowl with an eponymous pay-per-view. Again, there were plenty of crazy pairings, and perennial babyface Ricky Steamboat and snobbish heel Lord Steven Regal got the nod this time around. And you want to know why I chose them over everyone else? It's because I love Steven Regal. Once the pair lost To Paul Orndorff and the Shockmaster, Regal attacked Steamboat and set up a rivalry that would run throughout the rest of the year. Number eight, Randy Savage and Mr. Perfect. If you look at the playbill for Survivor Series 1992 and then watch the actual show, you might think that you're actually watching the wrong pay-per-view, because the poster for this event advertises a tag team match between the team of Ric Flair and Razor Ramon and the team of Randy Savage and The Ultimate Warrior. However, on the night itself, Flair and Ramon actually took on and lost to the team of Savage and Flair's former ally, Mr. Perfect. The reason for the switch was that Warrior, who was pretty much the most problematic human being in the world, left the WWF before the match. No concrete reason has ever been given for why he left but many speculate it was either to do with a failed steroid test or creative differences over his character as a last-minute fix mr perfect who had been in partnership with flair throughout 1992 was turned face in the build-up to this match eventually accepting an offer to team with savage against flair and this is what began perfect's face run that led to a high-profile feud with flair including an awesome loser leaves town match on raw where perfect sent flair packing from the company Number 7. Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong The third installment of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic in NXT once again gave us some phenomenal tag team wrestling and some brilliantly unique teams, and one of these teams was the combination of Roderick Strong and the UK champion at the time, Pete Dunne. The face Strong and heel Dunne had previously fought over the UK title, but teamed up to defeat Sanity to advance into the finals. After the first final between Strong and Dunne and the Authors of Pain was interrupted by the Undisputed Era, all three teams fought at NXT Takeover New Orleans for both the NXT Tag Team Championships and the Tag Team Classic Trophy. The match ended in stunning fashion when Roddy betrayed Pete to align himself with the era, turning heel on his now face partner. The ultimate poetic end and one of the best told stories in NXT in recent years. Number six, American Alpha. A perennial jobber in NXT, Jordan's futures were turned around when he was paired with the newcomer Chad Gable in 2015. Gable persistently bugged Jordan to form a team with him. After months and months of Gable harassing Jordan, the two finally coupled up and went on to win the NXT Tag Team Championships in Developmental and the SmackDown Tag Team Championships upon their main roster call-up. I mean, we just have to ignore that part where Jason Jordan was revealed to be the illegitimate son of Kurt Angle and got drafted to Raw and then that broke up the team for no good reason. It was... It was all very weird, but still, before that point, yes, good stuff, friends. Afterwards, no, no, not at all. Number 5. Sheamus and Cesaro Now, This was kind of like the American Alpha storyline, but if Jordan and Gable had spent the months before teaming up beating the absolute snot out of one another, Sheamus and Cesaro were two of WWE's best. The two were thrown into a storyline that saw them compete in a best of seven series, with the deciding match taking place at Clash of Champions that year. Cesaro, the face, and Sheamus, the heel, actually put on one of the better matches of the night. I mean, true, Cesaro nearly killed himself with a botched tope to the outside, but still, very impressive. The match ended in a double countout less impressive, tying the series at 3-3, which left confusion surrounding the series' stipulation, because that was that the winner would receive a title shot. Putting on his best people-managing hat, Raw GM Mick Foley had a stroke of genius and put the two together as a tag team. Then, he made a match between the two and the Raw tag team champions The New Day with the gold on the line. Whilst The New Day escaped with their belts in that first match, Sheamus and Cesaro, who would go on to call themselves The Bar, finally became the champs at roadblock end of the line, ending New Day's record-setting reign and establishing themselves as one of the top teams on the WWE roster. Number 4. Matt Hardy and MVP In the summer of 2007, Matt Hardy and MVP were feuding over the latter's United States Championship. MVP had already beaten Hardy at the Great American Bash and was bragging to everyone who would listen that he was better at Hardy at anything and everything. MVP bragged so much that he caught the ear of SmackDown GM Teddy Long proclaiming to Teddy that he could win the WWE Tag Team Championships with the next person who walked into the room. You can see where this is going, and no, it's not a match against The Undertaker. enough that person was the future broken and big money one Matt Hardy who took on Deuce and Domino god remember that they were a tag team and actually champions what the hell was going on here and beat them successfully making them the new WWE tag team champions Hardy and MVP's reign lasted 77 days over that period however things came crashing down when they lost the belts to John Morrison and The Miz reigniting their US title feud and eventually leading to Hardy capturing the gold from MVP at Backlash 2008 number 3 Lex Luger and Sting Luger, in particular, was exceptional value here. He played the heel in this fondly-remembered 1996 storyline, and he played it with amusing subtlety. His beady-eyed, overcompensating told the story. He was always too eager to convince his partner that he was on the same page, and articulated this with motor mouth enthusiasm and direct looks towards the camera in backstage interviews. He was fired up, nothing to worry about here. He knew what a Chicago street fight was, and he was ready for war, right? Cut two. Hart pulling Luger from the match at Uncensored 1996, during which, despite being torn about his decision, he was seen preening in front of a mirror as the match sprawled backstage. He had abandoned his partner and done so willingly. He was only prepared for battle when his hair was nudged out of place and not when his best friend was getting the absolute piss kicked out of him. If every WWE storyline was like this, God, it would rule. Number 2. Team Hell No One is a bearded vegan with an incredible record on the independent circuit. The other is a demon from hell who was once the mayor of Tennessee. Match made in heaven, right? Daniel Bryan and Kane feuded throughout 2012, even facing each other in a match at SummerSlam. Whilst beginning the feud both as heels, by the time that SummerSlam rolled around, Kane had turned face, but still had some serious anger management issues, as did Bryan. Following Kane's loss to Bryan, the two were entered into anger management classes, which led to some hilarious backstage skits between the two. The payoff to this storyline was the creation of Team Hell No, a bickering, squabbling tag team that everybody loved. Bryan and Kane somehow managed to get their act together to the point where they became WWE Tag Team Champions at Night of Champions, going on for a reign that lasted a whopping 245 days, which is pretty incredible. Team Hell No were one of the most popular tag teams of the last decade, so much so that they actually reformed to take on the Bludgeon Brothers at Extreme Rules years after. number 1. The Rock and Sock Connection One of the greatest tag teams ever started off hating one another. The Rock and Mick Foley, often under his mankind persona, had one of the greatest feuds of the Attitude Era. It was almost impossible to think that these two bitter enemies might one day put aside their differences to team up, but then again, anything can happen in the WWF. Rock and Foley first became partners when Rock was attacked by the world tag team champions The Undertaker and The Big Show. Foley offered to partner up with The Great One and reluctantly, Rock accepted, leading to the two becoming tag team champions on the 30th of August 1999 episode of Raw. Although popular with the crowd, Rock was very much a heel at this point in his career. Whilst Foley was one of the most over babyfaces on the roster, the two coming together was a huge deal for the Attitude Era fans. The Rock and Sock connection provided so many incredible moments in their short-lived run as a team, and are easily one of the most iconic tag teams of wrestling's golden age. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series We Were the Lucky Ones with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy.